0: First John, two verse twenty eight through chapter three, verse ten. First John, two verse twenty eight, the Apostle John writes, And now, little children, abide in him. So that when He appears, we may have confidence and not shrink back from Him in shame at His coming. If you know that He is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of Him. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason that why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning, because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God, and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So far, the word of God. As we reflect on what we've read, let's sing together from Psalm 36, stanzas 2 and 3. next, which we will focus on this morning, is 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Since it's only three verses, I'll read it again now, so we can have it in our minds as we hear it preached. 1 John 3, verse 1. So far, the Word of God. Brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, one of the things that makes the Lord's Supper such a wonderful moment is that it's an opportunity to see with our eyes the love of God. We see the love of God. We look around at each other, across the table, sitting next to each other or across from each other. And we realize God loves that man or that woman across from me. God loves the person sitting next to me. And God loves me even though I do not deserve it. We recognize every one of us who who sits here at the Lord's table has a special privilege of being called by Christ, to sit at His table, though we are sinners, we're welcomed to be here. And if we are His, which He declares we are, then we are also God's, and we are heirs of the love of God. So every one of us is there at the table because of the gracious, undeserved favor of God. His invitation to join Him at His table to be His people who belong to Him and whom He welcomes as His own. That's also what John wants to impress upon us uh, this morning. It can be so hard to believe and so easy to forget that God loves us as His own children. It's hard to believe because we know who we are. Uh, We know better than anyone else what we have done and what kind of sin still exists Within us, and what kinds of things we would be capable of doing apart from God's grace. And that makes the love of God very hard to believe. How could God love us? And yet, here at the table, here we are gathered specifically because Christ has called us to enjoy the love of the Father that He has bought for us. And He assures us here at the table, we belong here. He has made it possible for us to be here. So as we come to this table, John tells us what we need to hear. Verse 1, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And he says, And so we are. What the Lord's table shows us more clearly than anything else is that we belong to Christ. And if we belong to Christ, then we are children of God. Precious children of God whom He loves, as any father would love His own children. Romans 5 says the same thing. God shows, or some translations even say, God proves His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Our Father, our Father through Jesus Christ, loves His own children. We doubt that often. We forget that often. Often, But the Lord's Supper testifies to that in the clearest of terms. The only reason we're here is because of the blood of Jesus. But the fact that we are here is the proof that God does indeed love us. It's the plainest evidence that God has shown His love to us. Now one of the reasons that we, we forget it so often that we are beloved children of God besides our own recognition of our own unworthiness, is that the world around us also does not see this. And that fact tends to seep into our own consciousness. If the world doesn't see it, it makes it hard for us to see it. The world looks at us and and they don't acknowledge for a moment that we are children of God. After all, who do you think you are? God loves you? What makes you think that you're so special to God. See, To the world, we are religious fanatics who claim to be children of God, and they see that as a claim that we're better than them. And the idea that God would love, would love people like us sounds ridiculous to them. And so we are caught between the incongruity of what God's Word tells us and what the Lord testifies to us in the supper and what the world around us thinks of us. We find ourselves... Thinking the same things, who am I to believe that i 'm a child of God? Maybe I am being arrogant to assume that God would love me if i 'm if i 'm a child of God, why doesn 't the world around me see it and That was a, a special challenge for the people of God in john 's day um, because they came out of a Jewish Context. So they came out of a context of people that already claimed to believe in God and to know Him. And they, the people around them, were saying, You're not children of God. You have no right to that claim. And so John reminds us also in verse 1, The reason why the world doesn't know you, doesn't recognize you as children of God, is because the world doesn't recognize Him. Why should we be bothered by the fact that the world doesn't recognize us as children of God, they don't know their own God. Of course they're not going to recognize His children. And this was especially John's message to, to the church of that day with the Jews of that day having, forsaken, or ha, having abandoned them and and, having, and accusing them of being crazy for, for believing that they are children of God. His message is, "Don't be troubled. By the fact that they don't acknowledge you or recognize you. Sure, they have the word of God. And sure, they claim to know God. But they didn't recognize the Savior whom God has sent. Don't expect them to recognize his people. The world is not going to see us for who we are. We need to accept that and we need to get over that. There's no reason we should expect the world to see us as we are. They will. They will on the final day, but they don't now because they don't know their God. You have come to know God in Christ. Hold on to that and recognize that God does love you as his own child, no matter what the world might think about you. And so again, John says in verse 2, Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. And when he says, uh, what we will be has not yet appeared, I don't think he means that we don't know yet what we will be. That's often how those verses are understood, that we don't know yet what we're going to be like. Um, There's truth to that, we can't comprehend the full glory of, of that day. But I think what he means to say is simply that who we are, our identity as children of God, has not yet appeared to the world. Uh, It's not yet appeared publicly. It's not yet apparent to to everyone's eyes. It's what Paul also says in Romans 8 verse 19. The creation waits, he says, with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. The day is going to come when the world will see Who God's children are on the day of judgment when the books are open. And Revelation 20 talks about the book of life also being open. Containing the names of of those who are saved. Those who belong to Christ. The world will realize who we are on that day. But it has not yet appeared publicly to the world now. Uh, Right now they, they will despise the children of God. They will think nothing of us that's not yet clear but it will be and that's that's john's point here where he says what uh, what we will be has not yet appeared but we know that when he appears we shall be like him and it's interesting he says we'll be like him because we'll see him as he is it's an interesting connection we'll be like him why because we'll see him as he is this is actually a huge biblical theme, and it, it takes a bit of reflection to, to get this. When Christ appears, we'll be like Him. And the reason we'll be like Him is because we will see Him. In other words, seeing the glory of Christ is transformative. It changes who we are. The more we see Him, the more we will be like him. And when we finally see him on that day in all of his glory, then we will be gloriously transformed as a result of it. Paul says it this way in, in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. He says, We all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into that same image, from one degree of, of glory to another. Seeing God's glory changes us and makes us into the people that God is 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 working on us to be is turning us into those to whom God grants the privilege of seeing him as he is they cannot ever remain the same they are captivated by his glory and they begin to reflect his glory think of moses also Uh, When Moses spoke with God on the mountain, and he would come down afterwards, and his face was radiant, such that he had to put a veil over his face. Those who see God, those who know God, begin to reflect God. They are changed by seeing Him. Psalm 34, verse 5 uh, Those who look on Him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. Or Isaiah 40 verse 5, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Or Daniel 12, which speaks ahead of the resurrection. Uh, Daniel 12 verse 3, then those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. There's a An effect that happens when you know the glory of God and the righteousness of God. You shine it out. You reflect it to the world. And that's the point here that John is also making. When we see Him as He is, we will be transformed to be like Him. And that's true already now. Already now, through the eyes of faith, we know our Lord. We see Him through faith. And already now, that sight is transforming us. And it will do so throughout our lives until the day of resurrection when, with unveiled face, we'll see him as he is. And we will be changed as a result. You see this also in Acts 7, uh, the deacon Stephen, as he's uh, preaching to the people. And Acts 6, uh, says, Acts 6 verse 15, "...the people were gazing at him, and all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel." And then you get to the end of that that account in 7 verse 55 and it says, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. It was that sight of God that made Stephen radiant as he was. Those who see God's glory in Christ are changed by having so seen him. And that's what John is saying. When he appears, we shall be like him because we'll see him as he is. And then finally, John reminds us, if that's your hope, if that's your faith, if that's what you look forward to, then you also will purify yourself as he is pure. Everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So again, Christ invites us to this table And we come because here we see a picture of God's love for us as we sinners sit at His table and are received by Him. And as we look across the table at one another, we recognize though the world may not see it, here we are, a foretaste of eternity, the children of God who will go into eternity together under the love of God. Loved by Him and heirs to eternal life in Jesus Christ. And what John says, since that's our hope, since that's what we hold on to, that hope changes us. We don't just come to the table as sinners needing forgiveness, though we certainly come as, as that. But also as children of God in the process of being made perfect and pure and holy as He is holy. And so even though the world doesn't recognize our identity as children of God, our identity is already now being made clear as we sit at this table. And as that faith and hope changes us, so that more and more we begin to look like children of God. Our hope turns us into the people that we ultimately will be. So brothers and sisters, come to the table at Christ's invitation to share and enjoy the love of God. Come in faith, come resting in Him, come trusting in Him, and come hoping in Him who will make you pure and perfect on the final day. And as you come, recognize here at at Christ's table God's abundant love for His own precious children. He loves us with the same love that He loves His own dear Son, Jesus Christ. What John, or what Jesus says in His prayer in John 17, that the love that you have had for me may be in them. That's Jesus' prayer for us, that the Father would love us with the same love by which He loves Jesus Himself. And that's what God wants us to see at this table, that the love He has for Christ, He has for every one of us, who belongs to Christ. And that is an unfailing, persistent love that carries on into eternity. Amen. Let's respond by singing from hymn 72.